The Start On Demand. On demand. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off today and Monday. I suspect a lot of people are going to be taking Monday off, Mac. I hope there's a reason for them to take Monday off. A good one. Blue Bomber, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You know it by now, but heck, uh, this is the hype machine that is the start. Uh, Sunday afternoon, you'll want to be there. IG Field, over 30,000 tickets sold. The forecast temperature-wise, about exactly where we thought it was going to be, Brett. Yep. But we spoke to David Phillips yesterday, and I think he hit on something. You hit on something. Mike O'Shea has been talking about it with Bob Irving. It's the wind he will be keeping his eye on leading into Sunday. Snow you can play in. Wind can change everything on a clear day, on a snowy day, and everything in between. So it looks like it's going to be a north wind based on your experience at IG Field. Mm. What sort of challenges might that present? Other than making it colder than it needs to be or ought to be, uh, it's just going to play into the strategy of whoever wins the coin toss. The coin toss is extremely important this time of the year because uh, teams can defer their choice. So say I win the coin toss, I can either decide to take the ball or to kick the ball, or I can just say, you know what, we're going to decide come the second half. And when it's windy, most teams will do that to see how conditions progress through that first half. And so uh, the first play of the game really takes place without any players on the field other than the captains. So that'll be a big deal come Sunday if this weather with this wind rather forecast holds true. So we've got lots to discuss on the Western final today at 7.05. Hal Anderson, the host of Connecting Winnipeg, which is on from 10 until 12 every weekday on 680 CJOB. He's going to join us because he did. He mentioned yesterday that he's been trying to make contact with former Blue Bomber quarterback Chris Strebler, and he has... And uh, we're going to hear that interview in full today on Connecting Winnipeg, but he's going to give us a little preview at 7.05, yes? We're going to get a preview and a review because we want to stake our claim here a little bit. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Chris Trevler is sort of, we see Chris as our guy, don't we, Brett? Yeah. I mean, it goes back to May of 2018. Before Chris Trevler even put on a Blue Bomber uniform, he was on our radio program. That's right. It was uh, Breakfast with the Bombers, which is every Tuesday at 7.35. And the Bombers uh, put up Chris Trevler. He had just signed, just signed with the team. And, of course, neither of us had ever heard of him. And I still remember sitting in the newsroom back when we actually had, could sit in the newsroom together as opposed to, you know, being sort of in our silos, our COVID silos. <laughs> but uh, we're sitting in the newsroom. We're each watching uh, YouTube videos of Strebler just to learn a little bit about this guy. And I remember we both looked at each other and thought, I don't know who this guy is, but he's pretty good. He was three or four on the Blue Bomber depth chart yep. that year when he started in training camp, but uh, really impressed. And we'll play part of our very first interview. I played one chunk that really stood out for me. Uh, with regard to his attitude towards the game of football. And that said, he just wanted to play. Yeah. Because he was a quarterback, went to University of Minnesota, was a backup, and said, you know what? I want to get on the field. So he converted to receiver. He played special teams. He did whatever he needed to do just to play. And, man, did we see that ever in 2019 on the run to the Grey Cup? And then something that you pointed out to him that he'd never heard before except for one other time, and that was two days before you mentioned it to him, and that was his likeness. <laughs> the, the, the fact that he looked a lot, lot, lot like, uh, uh, is it Chris Hemsworth? Yep. Yep. The mighty Thor. That's right. He And he certainly uh, conducted himself like the mighty Thor when he played uh, in that spectacular playoff run for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So, yeah, and I, I even remember. So we had him on our show and we were both so impressed with him. And then when we spoke to Bob Irving next, 
he was talking about the quarterback depth chart and who's looking like they might be the backup and and Strevler wasn't mentioned and so we said to him what about Chris Strevler and even Bob was kind of like well you know he'll he'll get his shot he'll get a chance to play and sure enough it didn't take long for him to to become the number two guy and then he how many games in was it before he started that was right away right it was right away uh, I want to say two or three games. I'd have to go back and look at what happened. Matt Nichols got hurt yep. uh, in 2018, and Strevler played a string of games as he had to do in 2019 with various levels of success, of course. But what he did in 2019 on that broken ankle and other injuries, absolutely stellar. So we'll, we'll hear a little bit from Chris Strevler coming up after 7 o'clock. And as well, just want to quickly mention, we realize not everybody is a sports fan or a football fan, but this is something such an exciting thing for the city, for the province. You don't have to be a sports fan to get excited for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers making another run at the Grey Cup here. So the Western Final on Sunday. Milt Stiegel's going to join us as well. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb is off today. Global weather specialist Kayla Evans joins us now live on the start. And Kayla, you know, started off with some snow today. How long is that going to last? Well, it's not going to last much longer for now. We're pretty much I'm looking at the radar right now. The snow is pretty much tapered off. It's still going to stay windy today, though. So, again, blowing around potentially. But we're getting a bit of a break from the snow for now. Could see a little tiny bit more tonight. Then Saturday is looking quiet. But then Sunday we could see more snow. All right. Sunday, obviously a big deal. You're saying more snow. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about a storm? Are we talking about what we saw overnight last night? Can you quantify it a little bit, Kayla? Yeah, right now we're looking at a general 5 to 15 centimeters here in the south. Winnipeg specifically, my favorite models are showing around 5 to 10 in Winnipeg, uh, but then 10 to 20 in the southwest corner near Melita. So um, a little bit of shoveling may be needed, but we're not expecting like a massive storm. And what are we expecting in terms of the wind on Sunday? Oh, my goodness. So the wind and then the temperature, too. So Sunday right now, the wind gusts are looking around 50, 55, 60 kilometers an hour. Um, And during the day, Sunday is not going to be bad whatsoever, like fairly seasonal. But Sunday night, we're looking at that Arctic air pushing in, dropping down. Uh, So Sunday evening, if you're planning on going out and celebrating or for the driver to walk home, uh, Sunday night, we're going to drop down to around minus 25 around the region. And then to start off the next work week, it is just going to stay bitterly cold. All right. Go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, so it could could have been worse for Sunday <laughs> based on 24 hours. If the game had been Saturday, as Brett has been advocating all along, well, it might have been a perfect day. Kayla, thanks for this. Thanks, guys. Take care. Global weather specialist Kayla Evans joining us live on 680 CJOB. And, uh, yeah, I'll... Well, I think we'll be I'll be watching that forecast. Uh, it, it, it normally I spend the forecast like checking it every hour to see wait, what's it going to be like for golf on the weekend. But now it's going to be what's it going to be like for the bomber game on Sunday. That's that wind forecast really set me back there. Uh, 50, 55, 60. Look, I'm going to say this with regard to the blue bombers, and I know we were going to talk about something else here, Brett, but I think we're probably crumple up the paper here i'll say this with regards to the blue bombers the worse the weather is the poorer the footwork the worse the visibility stronger the wind that prevents saskatchewan from throwing the ball (laughs) it'll force them to run the ball and the blue bomber run defense is absolutely almost impenetrable and on offense, the Blue Bombers, if Andrew Harris manages to suit up on Sunday, they will have in the lineup Johnny Augustine, Brady Oliveira, Andrew Harris, and Nick Dembski that can all run the ball. So I'm going to spin this forecast right around and go, let's make it ugly. Let's make it nasty, windy, snowy, because the Blue Bombers... Well, if it turns into a battle of running games, mm-hmm. the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will dominate that conversation. That is excellent news, GMAC. And hey, listen, if you're looking to go to the game, there is a CJOB discount code. So the way it works here is when you go to Ticketmaster, um, you have to en- you enter the promo code CJOB before you select your seats. Uh, so then you need to click the unlock button on Ticketmaster 
enter the promo code, and it will have a green check mark, mark once accepted with a discounted uh, seat price. It's 30% discount. Jump all over that. It's a Winnipeg thing. We love a discount. And also a Winnipeg thing is to give our loyal listener, Susan, sending us a text message just a little while ago. Hey, guys, when you're talking about the West Final, do you mind asking and reminding people to bring a tin for the bin for Manitoba Harvest. They're at every game. Susan, we will do that now. Remind folks, and we'll try and do that throughout the morning. Oh, and actually, you know what? I was talking to my friend, uh, our, our friend, Rosario Cesario from yes. the Pure Escape, the massage uh, uh, shop on uh, Court. Shop. Uh, anyway, on Cordon, the massage place on Cordon. Uh, and uh, he also is a Manitoba Harvest drop off. So if you're in oh, the Cordon really? neighborhood okay. and you want to, you can't make it down to the game, for example, but you want to make a donation, you can do that. So that's the Pure Escape awesome. on uh, Cordon. Right now, we want to talk about how the United States on Thursday became the latest country to announce travel requirement changes in an effort to curb the spread of the new Omicron COVID-19 variant, which will affect Canadian travelers. The changes announced by President Joe Biden include a new testing requirement for travelers flying into the United States. The move comes days after a handful of countries, including Canada, quickly clamped down on travel and imposed bans on African countries as fears around the new variant of concern grew. Global Nationals' Mike Armstrong has the story from Washington, D.C. President Biden is hoping to strike a balance. The new pandemic strategy is meant to fight a potential winter surge and slow down the new Omicron variant, but in a way that doesn't hurt the economy. It doesn't include shutdowns or lockdowns, but widespread vaccinations and boosters and testing and a lot more. Now, in terms of new travel restrictions, the new rules don't go as far as some predicted earlier in the week. There is no quarantine for travelers arriving in the U.S., something that was criticized widely by conservative commentators. It may have been a trial balloon. It may have just been fabricated. Instead, the U.S. will require a negative test for anyone two years old and up arriving in the country by air. The U.S. has in the past required a negative test within 72 hours. Due to the Omicron variant, that timeline's being cut down considerably. All inbound international travelers must test within one day of departure, regardless of their vaccination status or nationality. The Biden administration also wants to make getting vaccinated easier, more accessible. Hundreds of new family vaccination clinics will be set up. At-home testing is another front in the fight. The U.S. is going to make it mandatory for health insurers to cover at-home test kits. And for the uninsured, they're going to make free kits available, 50 million of them. The bottom line, this winter, you'll be able to test for free in the comfort of your home and have some peace of mind. The U.S. will also start a publicity campaign to push more people to get boosters and first and second shots. But it's that initial dose for people who are resisting that would make the biggest difference. Instead, the countries had to fight a public health emergency with a weapon that's being politicized. We have people that are very eager to get boosters and are demanding boosters on one hand, and we have people who don't want even first doses on the other hand. So it's something that's made it much more difficult. There are about 60 million Americans who haven't gotten a first dose. Biden said today there's polling that shows about 30% of people who refuse to get vaccinated now say the Omicron variant has changed their point of view. Biden says that's good news. That said, it does still leave a lot of people. So for all that was announced yesterday, Brett, President Biden made no mention of any changes to current land border travel requirements between Canada and the United States. So the new rules come less than a month since the U.S. first opened its land border to fully vaccinated Canadians. In mid-November, the Canadian government also waived PCR testing requirements for Canadians returning from the U.S. for any trip less than 72 hours. Yeah, and you know what, Brett, I got to tell you, for as arduous as the testing was for our trip to California three weeks ago, it really feels as though we sort of dodged the bullet as compared to what is upon us and what may yet come. So, uh, boy, oh boy, I feel for anyone trying to create a winter holiday that involves travel outside of Canada. It's uh, It's got to be super stressful right now. 
Bombers hit the field versus the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The defending Grey Cup champions look to go to the Grey Cup in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 1992 and 1993, Brett. One key cog in the 2019 Blue Bomber offense in the run to the Cup will not be in uniform Sunday. In fact, he won't even be in Canada. This from his first ever interview on CJOB. There was already a pretty established starter, and, you know, it had been made clear to me that I was going to remain the backup, and I just wanted to get on the field any way possible. So I was playing, you know, I was playing receiver, I was playing some running back, playing some tight end, playing some fullback, doing special team stuff. So I was really just trying to get on the field any way possible. Now, Chris, uh, before we let you go here, one of the things that I noticed uh, watching some uh, videos of you this morning, and Greg referenced your height, 6'2", you're 220, so you're also a big guy, or in particular, you're a muscular guy, and with that short hair and uh, your beard, you kind of look like Chris Hemsworth. So if football doesn't work, do you, do you ever think about taking up the mantle of the God of Thunder in the Avengers? That's crazy. That you're the second person in two days to say that, and I've never really gotten that before. So I don't know what's going on, but hey, you know, if football doesn't work out. Maybe I could find a career doing something else. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. That from Mackling and McGarry, May eighth, twenty eighteen, before Chris Streveler had ever even been to Winnipeg. That's right. Hal Anderson joins us now. Hal, it was just over a week ago that the Arizona Cardinals let Chris Strebler go and Blue Bomber fans wondered if maybe the football player in him would take over and that guy who put it all on the line with a broken foot and all in 2019 celebrated like no other, just make his way north for a few weeks. And you know what? I think if the opportunities were not there for him in the NFL, Greg, he would be here in a heartbeat. Mm. Let me just begin by saying, this guy loves Winnipeg. He loves the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and he loves the Bomber fans. He loves our community. That is so obvious to me. Here's a guy. As you Just imagine putting yourself in, in his shoes for a second. You've got a great job, right? The job you've always tried to get, and you get fired, essentially. And uh, he takes time to communicate back and forth with me and find time as he's applying for a new job, a great job again. Right. To communicate with me and and say, oh man, I'm sorry. I don't. I hope you don't think I'm putting you off. It's just been crazy. I said, I get it, man. It's crazy. He calls me at six thirty on a Thursday night, and and here's a, another little interesting part of the uh, what happened. So I give him my home studio line. He calls it for whatever reason. It wasn't ringing. I didn't hear it. He tracked me down on my cell phone and said, hey man, I'm calling the line, but you're not answering. Anyhow. So, you know, for him to find time and then the things he said about us, our bomber team, the community, just a, a really cool guy. So obviously first, and by the way, I heard you guys at the start of the show this morning laying claim to him, and, and he's yours. <laughs> although he has become, although he's all of ours now, right? Of I course. mean, we, lo- we love this guy. Yes. Um, anyhow, here, here's what he had to say about what he's been through in the NFL over the past 10 days or two weeks. You know, the, the Cardinal situation, it's a, it's a business, and we all know how that stuff goes. Um you know, just try to, you know, you, you want to just attack the next opportunity with everything you have. And, you know, opportunities are hard to come by in this league. So, you know, when the Ravens called and, and wanted to offer me a, a spot on the practice squad, I was just extremely excited and thankful for the opportunity, you know, to, to, to have another opportunity in this league. And so I'm just looking forward to continuing to work as hard as I can every day and just uh, honestly just attack this opportunity with everything that I have and make the most of it. And then here's his message for the Bombers. A lot of these guys he played with, won the Grey Cup with, and Bomber fans. Here's what Chris says to the players and the fans heading into Sunday's Western Final against the Riders. When it comes to my former teammates, I think, you know, everyone up, those, those guys know how much love I have for them and how much, you know, I'm, I'm going to be supporting them down here. And You know, I've been following along very closely this season, and I keep in touch with so many of those guys. Um, so, you know, I mean, they, they know what to do. They don't need any encouragement from me. They know they're going to go play hard. They're going to do what they do. And so I, I'm just really excited for them to, to go out there and get to enjoy this moment of getting to play in the West Final at home at IGF. So I hope they just enjoy that moment and have a ton of fun playing with guys that they love. And, you know, when it comes to the, to the fans in the city of Winnipeg, like, I, I hope that place is sold out and rocking because I know the type of energy that those fans bring a game and how much they can change and affect the game, especially at IGF. So I hope that they, you know, all show up and show out, 
bring the energy, bring the noise, you know, get extra lit, <laughs> just have a great time. So <laughs> it's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere, and I'm so just excited for those for that team and uh, that city once again. So there you go. You heard it. Chris Trevler says, get extra lit on, extra on Sunday. Lit. <laughs> get extra lit. Um, and, and I'll just say, I'm going to leave the show with this interview at, at 10 o'clock on Connecting Winnipeg, so hopefully people will tune in because there's lots going on in our world. But listen, on Sunday we've got a pretty big football game, right. and, and so I, I want to start the show with that. By the way, uh, I did say, hey, Chris, if there is a parade at some point in Winnipeg, Who's got the fur coat? Oh. The answer, who will bring the fur coat out of storage? Who will bring it out of mothballs in the cedar chest? Huh? Who? Uh, I ask him that and a bunch of other stuff. Mackling and McGarry McNabb is back on Tuesday. GMAC, I know you got some texts here on home renovations, but I'm going to take it a different direction for a moment because we talked last hour about wrestling in Winnipeg because Friday Night Smackdown, which was scheduled for January 21st in Winnipeg, and we gave away a bunch of tickets on the start, and Rich and Julie gave away a bunch of tickets on the news. That show's been uh, rescheduled to September 30th, and then you mentioned that you were at a show in the late 80s, and you thought it was a televised event. Yes, I did. I think I got suckered, Brett. <laughs> you didn't get suckered. But uh, but you, you, you did some Google Foo. Yes. And you tracked down the date. You tracked down the main event. Yes. And it was uh, October 24th, 1987, Winnipeg Arena, Hulk Hogan, and uh, who did I say he the ended up? The one-man gang. Yeah, the one-man gang. It was, a, it was a world championship match. And, uh, yeah, I uh, listen, I was 18. I was naive. I thought it was on NBC. So I apologize for uh, bringing that information <laughs> to the radio this morning. False information. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was a house show, but it was a great show. That was, as uh, my buddy Mike put it, because uh, he was texting me about it. Uh, he says that was peak Hulkamania. He thought maybe it was around uh, 1992 because the WWE did do a Superstars TV taping. Oh. That was, I think, their Saturday morning show. Right. And Joe Aiello actually worked it as an interview guy. Yeah, so it? that was from Winnipeg. Yeah. Oh, so maybe I'm just combining memories or something. But uh, anyway, the WWE puts on a great show, rescheduled to September 30th. So if you won tickets from us or from Rich and Julie, those tickets will be honored. Uh, on September 30th when they come back. Mackling and McGarry McNabb back Tuesday. Keys to the game with Cameron Poitras coming up in two and a half minutes. But before that, Western final tickets up for grabs. We're asking you to tell us about a home renovation gone wrong. We're going to pick a winner at 9.15. What's Curtis got for us, Greg? For the past four years, my brother and I have been renovating our mom's basement. We are both electricians and have a pretty decent grasp of building, but it has literally been going on for four years. We have only been able to go on Saturdays and have taken summers off. Oh, yeah, there was also COVID. We are determined to finish, hopefully, by February. My poor mother. Thanks for that, Curtis. <laughs> um, now, we did read this text earlier from Tony, but it ties into our next one from Rob. So Tony had told us that my house was built in 1903. My wife wanted to paint the living room, so we called in a guy. $90,000 later, we had a new deck renovated kitchen and living room and so rob says tony's renovation story kind of sounds like mine needed a new toilet ended up costing four thousand dollars but i have a beautiful new bathroom <laughs> uh this is one of the reasons why i think i can't ever really get anything done around my apartment or around my home because i might think okay i just need to organize this closet but it ends up becoming a much bigger thing where I start Always to get all these does. ideas like, oh, maybe I can do this or I should put this here. And then I get kind of lost in it. And then I end up with piles of stuff all over the place because I ultimately my laziness takes over. I do not live this, <laughs> but I did have some great advice from a boss once upon a time. Paul, if you're listening this morning, thank you for this. Don't let good or great be the enemy of perfect. 
And sometimes we're intent on it. You know, if I can't do it right, I'm not going to do it at all. Sometimes good enough is just that. Okay, that so, is good advice. Yeah, I don't follow it in any way. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just sneak this one in from Rudy. This is a neat story. Rudy says, my first house in Elmwood, which was built in 1910, renovated it, found a book in the wall slash ceiling from the Winnipeg Library dated, it was signed out in 1927. Oh, my word. So my biggest concern, Rudy says, over the next few months, how do I return this without getting charged late fees? So I snuck in the library one day pretending I was looking for a book, and when no one was looking, I walked by the return <laughs> slot and dropped it in. Mission accomplished. Oh, boy. Drug drop. <laughs> We know that Manitobans began thinking about purchasing cottages, buying a larger home, or improving the one they live in. I'm pretty sure I said 2019 the other day, so it's felt like and been a long time. The real estate market continues to break records. Cottages still selling almost as quickly as they are listed in some parts of the province, and home renovations continue to be popular. From pools to kitchens, windows to heating and cooling systems, people are making investments in their home. Ty Whitlaw of the On Time Group host Ty Knows the Guy right here on CJOB, Saturday mornings at 11, just before your first opportunity to catch the kite couch potatoes at noon. Good morning, Ty. Good morning, guys. Appreciate you taking some time. I know uh, mornings are busy for you. <laughs> Beginning in spring of 2020, the most obvious signs of a building and home improvement spree, Ty, in my mind, were the costs of lumber $12 2x4s, $90 sheets of OSB. Let's start there. Has lumber pricing sorted itself out? Uh, yeah, you know, we're on a couple big projects right now, and things are getting back to normal. They're still higher than they were before COVID, but um, honestly, it feels a lot better than it did, like you just mentioned, uh, a year ago. What about supplies for other types of renovations? We know the supply chain is stretched to the maximum. How is that affecting you? Sure, sure. Um, lots of times when we're uh, dealing with our clients, they'll have a vision that they want to attain with their renovation, and then we try to obviously uh, source the products that are going to get exactly get them exactly what they want. And sometimes the news is it's going to take you know six to eight weeks to get that. So then we got to get a little creative and either look for uh, different all uh, different materials that look the same and perform the same, uh, or just uh, have a talk with the client see if they want to wait. But it's definitely an issue and. Uh, Honestly, the most recent thing is the uh, the weather events out in BC have caused a lot of issues because uh, lots of our goods come from the port of BC. So, um, yeah, it's becoming a bigger issue actually with that with that whole uh, mess. Yeah, we heard uh, conversations in the last couple of weeks about appliances and people that have built homes don't have brand new appliances to slide in to the spaces that were created for them. Uh, instead of weeks, it's months for certain items on the appliance front. And then some of the things, Ty, this inter interested me. We had a little bit of an email chain going around yesterday and a couple of our colleagues saying windows have now sort of become something that's difficult to get in terms of timelines. Are you experiencing that? And does it surprise you based on the fact a lot of those things are, are locally made? Yeah, so it's funny. I've just re recently purchased a new home that I am fully gutting and rebuilding, so I am right in the mix of everything we're talking about. And, um, yeah, the appliances is a huge issue. Um, we had to mix and match to make things work in our temporary kitchen because uh, our real one's going to take a while. And, uh, yeah, even laundry machines are weeks away, so if a family has that dye on them, they're in a real pickle because you can't even buy the demos or the floor models. Um, so appliances are a huge issue, and there's really no way around it other than just phoning around and looking for things that are in stock. Um, I know some of the stuff I'm interested in is, is yeah, three months away and, and things like that, which is pretty unreasonable. Um, and, uh, yeah, windows, uh, I believe the chief, the, the, the biggest culprit with window time delays is the fact that they are locally made, but the materials they're made from are not locally sourced. It's mostly resins, and there's a big shortage of resins uh, for almost all products right now. So any of the PVC-type uh, windows and even the vinyl jams, uh, it's the product, it's the raw materials that are in shortage. So there's no real way around that either. So I, I'm in the same for, uh, same issue for that too, as I've got to look into uh, essentially calling around and seeing of the contractors that I work with, who's got the shortest timelines. Um, and yeah, it's it's actually even longer than window uh, appliances. Some of the window Jeez. timelines are the same thing, three, four, five months. 
That's something else. What about paint? Something as simple as paint. I had an issue last spring, and I've been told that that might be worse now than it was then. Ooh, I haven't had any issues with paint yet, so I okay, can't good. that one. Okay, good yeah. to know. And <laughs> I, I thought it was the resins or the base that was the culprit there. Brett, sorry, I jumped in there. No, that's okay, yeah. G-Mac. I, 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 the question I was going to ask is, you know, if you're planning a renovation or, you're, you know, you're thinking you would like to do that, maybe um, this might get some people to hold off. But what if you can't? Like, what if something happens in your home and you, you have to? do something just to maybe not even a renovation, but a repair. Uh, What kind of problems are people facing in that sense? Sure. Well, our, our, our busiest division in our business on time is, uh, is HVAC division. So luckily this season in air conditioning, everything went, uh, went well and there weren't any shortages with that. It's funny. Heat is more important, but air conditioning seems to make people a little more upset. (laughs) So, uh, we got through that cooling season good. For winter coming up, we're uh, we're personally like pre-ordering things, so if there is a shortage, we will have a little bit of a buffer. Um, but yeah, if you're trying to do if you're trying to do a reno, uh, same thing. I'm in the middle of a reno, and I'm having to just kind of scramble. And and as I said, I mixed and matched appliances based off of what was available for for uh, uh, I'll say my temp kitchen or my my my, my basement setup. Um, and yeah, it is tough to get around. I mean, at the end of the day, if someone wants to, uh, and if someone wants to do a job or a renovation, it's kind of it's kind of something that we just got to deal with together. Um, and honestly, I don't know how it's going to turn around. I'm sure one day things will go back to normal. I'm just not sure what the new normal will be. It might be normal to wait six weeks for things, and we used to be able to wait one week. But uh, yeah, it's going to be weird. I'm not sure how that'll change and it's going to take a long time to get back right because once things get back ordered months uh that's a lot of work to get to do to to catch up ty whitlaw thanks for this we really appreciate it and once again tomorrow 11 a.m ty knows the guy 11 o'clock actually every saturday morning appreciate your insight and once again have a great weekend uh, any predictions for the bomber game ty oh they're gonna win all right i love okay. it Okay, Ty, we'll see you at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. Thanks. That was a confident and bold declaration from Ty Whitlaw. Attaboy, Ty Whitlaw from the On Time Group. And again, Ty knows a guy right here on 680 CJOB Saturday mornings at 11. In 2019... One of Winnipeg's finest musical talents put his skills to work in support of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' run to the Grey Cup. Fresh IE is back to pump the tires of the blue and gold for the 2021 run. We came to win. now on the start man the production value on that is fantastic like like, like as good as anything i'm listening to on apple music fresh that is fantastic (laughs) thank you so much man good morning guys great to visit with you again and for the w slide it in there and it's it's really the sort of the title of the song there it's been such a simple yet effective slogan for the blue bombers why does it work like as a lyricist it's simple but it says so many things lots of ways you can play off it fair to say oh most definitely yeah and i think just the fact that you know that uh that we have a winning team and we've had you know we've had a good program the last two you know two three years it fits perfect for it, you know, and, and uh, yeah, man, I'm just really excited to be able to uh, contribute to our city and, and to our team to, uh, you know, to support them as much as we can. You know what I mean? Getting behind the Blue Bombers is nothing new for you. Um, as Greg mentioned, production always top notch. Why go to all this effort? 
I've been I've been uh, a CFL fan, but most more than that, a, a Bomber fan since I was a little kid playing football on Sunday afternoons, and and so uh, it was always a dream to be you know to be a part of the team some kind of way. So me you know me being an artist you know that that's that's the least I could do is contribute a song to to our city and to our you know to our sports teams to uh to keep you know to keep things connected culturally and and, and uh with music and, and sports being so close together and close knit you know what i mean so yeah i was always doing the running play by play while playing on the street with my friends we had some epic battles over the years i i was always joe poplowski was was my guy when you were playing who who were you fresh I was I was Willard Reeves back when I was oh. little. I was Willard Reeves, man. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> the sheriff, the sheriff, in more ways than one. And of course, now yeah. you know he's stuck around Winnipeg. What is it about that connection? We often talk about the connection that uh, young fans, especially I, I, I mean, that's my era, right? Growing up in the '80s, in particularly, uh, the, the players were always and have always been so giving with their time, and that that connection, like th- there was no barrier to meeting your favorite player. Most definitely, that's that Winnipeg spirit. You know, when, once once people get connected into the city here and and, and start having, you know, uh, uh, deep roots with family and stuff. I mean, a lot of the players from back in the day, a lot of them still live here in Winnipeg. So, uh, yeah, but that's just that Winnipeg spirit right there. Well, and you talk about that Winnipeg spirit. You know, we know that not everybody is a sports fan and not everybody is a football fan. But when it comes right. to the the Blue Bombers. I especially when they're doing well, but I find it difficult to go almost anywhere without hearing, without stumbling upon some sort of a conversation about the bombers. And it doesn't seem to matter what age demographic, yeah. you know, Winnipeg really cares about this football team. Most definitely, and that's the thing too is that you, there are some who you know aren't football fans or aren't CFL fans, and uh, you know that's why I love to be able to use whatever platform I have to uh, to carry that banner wherever I go, whether it's touring across the country and holding up my flag up or wearing my bomber gear or, you know, even just even just going at it with my, my, my rider fans who have, have close friends, you know, in Saskatchewan who I sent the song personally to them before it was even released and said, hey, I want you guys to hear this because you're going to feel this in, in a few days. so this is a collaboration it's a team effort with yk the mayor tell us a little bit about that artist and and his affection for winnipeg oh yeah yk he you know he he's another he's another artist in here in winnipeg who's been carrying winnipeg on his back too and uh he's on the full version of the song which you know which is coming out and and, uh so like we're going to update this as as you know as we get this w this weekend uh, you know, uh, we'll be updating the song for the Grey Cup edition of it so that it's all customized for the next game, whoever we play And YK uh, will be on that version with me. And, uh, oh, by the way, you say y- YK the mayor. I should just point this out. Mayor Brian Bowman has made the bet, the friendly wager with <laughs> Regina Mayor Sandra Masters. The right. losing team's mayor will wear the opposing team's Jersey while doing community work over the holidays. Um, do you, what about those kind of friendly spirited wagers? Um, fresh IE, do, do you like that kind of stuff in terms of the way that oh, it man, connects that, uh, communities across Canada? Yeah, that's, that's great. That, that's great for our league too. And as a matter of fact, I'll put, I'll put one down right now. I say, if we win this great cup, we'll put a version out featuring Brian Bowman. How about that? <laughs> I love that. He'd love that, I think. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, we'll make that happen. All right. Well, if you need any help on the connects, although I'm sure you're probably as connected as anyone in town. Hey, before we let you go, can we just do, do a, a quick uh, minute or so on Winnipeg? And, you know, it's long been known for its fabulous music scene, of course. In the 60s, my dad always tells me about the community club dances with Neil Young, Burton Cummings, and, and yeah. Randy Bachman and the like. And then in the 70s through the 90s, live bands in bars and clubs like... Like it was a six, seven night a week thing. You you could always yeah. find live music in Winnipeg. What's going on circa twenty twenty one? Oh, there's there's a lot of great uh, artists in Winnipeg. Uh, whether it's R and B, uh, rock, you know, hip hop, uh, country. You, know, you got Don Demero and everyone starting to rise. I mean, Don Demero has always been rising, but uh, uh, this is a, Winnipeg is just a melting pot for music. 
culturally, it's just it's incredible. You know what I mean? And uh, you know, I'm 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 so happy to say that I'm, I'm a Winnipeg, and I, like I said, I carry that as well with me everywhere I go. This this great city that we're from. How do we get our hands on this tune? Uh, this, the song the song is all over right now in terms of social media on my social media and and YouTube, and it will be on iTunes uh, any any probably in any day now. So you, you'll be able to search it up. The older versions are on there still right now, but if you search it up in, in, in 2021 edition, you'll you'll be able to hear it on there anytime now. Fresh IE joining us live on 680 CJOB for the W Fresh IE. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, man. Go Bombers, go. Mackling and McGarry, McNabb back Tuesday. We got Sopranos tickets to give away in just a few moments. But we wanted to touch on this because it has to do with our question of the day at CJOB.com. Premier Heather Stephenson held her State of the Province address yesterday. And you can read about that at CJOB.com. But there was one piece of news from the province yesterday that really caught our attention. Global's Lisa Dutton explains. The Manitoba government is considering making Orange Shirt Day a provincial statutory holiday. Premier Heather Stephenson says she plans to consult the Indigenous and business communities on the idea. Orange Shirt Day, also known as the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation, falls on September 30th. It was made a stat holiday this year for federal government employees and federally regulated workplaces. Manitoba's opposition New Democrats have called on the government to immediately take the same step for workplaces regulated by the province. Now, there were clearly some spectacular celebrations September 30th, Brett. Uh, the walk up to St. John's Park and and all the different events that took place. I think it was a smashing success in terms of people pausing to think and consider about why the day was what it was and why everyone was wearing orange. I think there was a lot of reflection and, and a lot of terrific conversation. But, you know, I, I always look to others in our community on issues like this to set the tone in terms of whether or not this is a good idea. And, and David Robertson, uh, he's an author, he's our friend, he's Indigenous, and uh, he's a leader in, in his Indigenous community. And he says this, Orange Shirt Day. The National Day for Truth and Reconciliation shouldn't be a holiday. Students need to learn about the history, not go on vacation. Does anybody think they'll really learn if they take a day off? This is not an act of reconciliation. So it's an interesting perspective from David. That is interesting because... This was the first year for it, and we sort of likened it to Remembrance Day, right? Yes. Which for a lot of people, and I, hey, I admit when I was uh, younger, I'd be going to the bar the night before Remembrance Day because I didn't have to worry about going to school or whatever. And uh, it wasn't until later where I actually, you know, when I matured a little bit and realized, no, it's... I shouldn't look at this as a holiday. This is a day to reflect. And it's the same thing for that National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. We were here that day, and that, to me, was one of the most important shows I've ever been a part of. That's a really good point. It was a powerful day of radio. And when I look back over the last 12 years, it's hard to believe it's been that long, uh, one of the other most impactful days of radio I've done was on Remembrance Day when I was asked... To host the programming, it just coincided with a weekday and and did some uh, cross-programming with Charles Adler uh, that day. And and Charles Adler reminds me about that as we approach Remembrance Day every single year, about what an important, powerful day of broadcasting that was for him. So uh, I think there's more to this discussion, and I think we should have it. Uh, I don't think it's as simple as uh, some might think. We usually speak with Gabrielle Marchand from Global News Morning, but she is in this evening. So in her stead is Abigail Turner, which means it's time for a Gabigail. Hello, hello there. Hello. Hello. How's it going? We're okay, Abby. How are you? I'm not too bad. Happy Friday. Yeah. 
Happy yeah. Friday to you too, Menadosa. How are things on the TV <laughs> side? You left us in the morning. How are things, I know. you know, filling in? Uh, you've made a career move. I know. I've missed the morning show. I've missed you guys. Mm-hmm. Mornings are just a different vibe. I think we're all just like sleepy zombies collectively <laughs> together and we embrace that and we have that in common. And now I don't get to be a part of that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. You've made your choice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I will I will put aside the snarkiness and uh, the fact that you've deserted us for another part of the day. But, uh, you know, uh, one of the conversations we had this week on Tuesday had to do with our career path and had to do why you do what you do and who maybe guided you in that direction. Have you got someone that, that you thank for sending you down the path you've traveled? I feel like you're going to think that I'm making this up just because... She's on this show, Loren McNabb. She's also from Minnedosa, obviously. I'm sure that's well known. And I idolized her as a kid. Like, I even wanted red hair growing up. I wanted to be Loren McNabb. I actually, I came to Global News when I was 13, and I worked with her and our camera guy, Randall, um, and I just thought she was the coolest person ever. So truly, I, I do this job because of her. Does she know this? Um, I don't think so. I've never questioned your judgment before, Abby. <laughs> I'm kind of glad she's not here today because I don't want her to wow. think I'm creepy. <laughs> that is amazing. That is so sweet. That is, uh, you know what? We'll, we'll make sure we save this audio and play it for, for Loren when she returns next week. I had no idea that was the case. I did not know that story was coming. Thanks for sharing it with us, Abby. Of course. She she actually got me the job here. She didn't tell me I'd be starting at 3.30 in the morning, but she said, I have a, I have a great opportunity for you. And then I got here and she said, surprise, you're going to be waking up at, at 2.30 in the morning. But oh, I, wow. I couldn't go back after that, eh? There was no, did you uh, choose her specifically because of that Minnedosa connection? Like, did you know that she was all from your home as well? Yeah, and you know, I think Minnedosa really looks up to her in general just because all she has really accomplished in her career, or maybe that's just me looking at that, nope. but um, she is. She's a remarkable woman, and I have always just thought she has um, great talent and always have really wanted to be like her. No, I, I, there's no doubt Loren has helped put Minnedosa on the map. I know that when I used to spend, when my dad lived there and I had my my real estate interests there, uh, I always, always, always was waiting for the weekend. Loren McNabb would be in town. (laughs) And uh, it only happened once in about 15 years that I crossed paths with her at, I think it was a big uh, Baron of Beef barbecue or something for the Rotary Club (laughs) at the the arena during uh, during homecoming week. So yeah, I I share your sentiment wholeheartedly, Abigail. Yeah, great woman. All right. So the the Home Alone house is up for rent on Airbnb. Which home from movies or TV would you rent? Um, I am an avid <laughs> Bachelor watcher. I feel like that's going to change people's views on me for admitting that. I no. love trashy reality TV, and I think I would love to just go and view the Bachelor mansion. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar oh, with yeah. that. I've watched a couple of seasons of The Bachelor. <laughs> yeah, that mansion just looks beautiful, and I just think it would be a little bit of nostalgia just to see you know, where everything took place. That's on my list. I would do that. And don't ever apologize for watching trashy TV. Everybody always has to have this caveat to, you're going to judge me. No, you know what? (laughs) There's a reason why these shows are popular. It's escapist entertainment. Mm -hmm. And uh, I actually, I'll admit to watching something even trashier. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of it, Abby, but uh, The Rock of Love. I think it started as The Flavor of Love with Flavor Flav. <laughs> and then it became Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Brett Michaels. It's basically like the trashiest version of The Bachelor that you can think of. And it was amazing. I love it. Because Even it was more all- than Love Island? Oh, yeah. Escapism at its uh, top-notch best. Yeah. Okay, I'm adding it to the list right now. Yeah, trashy women and Brett Michaels was a scuzzball, and it was hilarious and awesome, and I <laughs> loved it. Uh, so that's a great choice because who wouldn't want to live in a giant mansion like that? Right, and I think there's a bajillion pools and hot tubs too. I would take full advantage of that. All right. Now, we know you're the youngster uh, amongst us, and you're actually the youngster amongst uh, the larger group as well at times. Uh, Have you had that moment yet where either you're saying, boy, oh, boy, I'm getting older, or maybe, dare I say, even worse, as my dad listens on, uh, that you realize that you were becoming your parents? 
Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I I first want to just, like, talk about our voices. Like, our radio voices aren't really the same as our you know, casual hallway chat conversation voices. So my mom is a teacher and I would always bug her growing up. She'd read stories in like her teacher voice or (laughs) um, tell us things to do in her teacher voice. And honestly, just a couple months ago, I think I was talking to her and just reading something off my phone. And she said, you know how I use my teacher voice? Well, you're using your reporter voice. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm my mom. I'm going downhill. (laughs) (laughs) Going downhill. Isn't that supposed to be a great thing when you turn into your mom? Isn't your mom a superstar? She's a great woman. I'm sorry, mom. I love you so much. (laughs) Abigail Turner in for Gabrielle Marchand on Global News Morning today. Is it back to the 6 p.m. next week? That's right. You got Gabby next week. All right. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. The Pinch Hitter. We're asking you to tell us about a home renovation gone wrong and This was a near impossible decision because the stories you have shared are amazing, hilarious, horrifying. Let's start with, uh, I see that uh, there's one involving some, shall we say, small woodland creatures. (laughs) Years ago, I heard a noise in my attic, so I went to check it out. Raccoons had moved in. Oh, boy. After multiple attempts to evict them, they weren't going anywhere. So me and my shotgun (laughs) went up there. (laughs) I aimed. Missed the raccoon, shot a hole through my ceiling. It's been a home renovation forever. (laughs) Oh, that is good. Bill's text actually had me react so viscerally that Forte said, are you okay in there? Bill says, I was helping a buddy put an addition on his cabin. It was time to remove the door. He was hammering on the door frame to remove it. It was taking a long time, so I went over to see what the problem was. Just as I got there, he missed the frame, and he got me right in the mouth. Mm. Took out one of my front teeth. It was a fast end to a long Mm, weekend. mm, mm. My teeth are hurting just uh, reading that. Um, But Lorna takes it up a notch, if you can believe that. Decided to write in about my terrible house reno. Bought a, uh, a boat, 1989. I purchased my first house in Brooklyn's. Being a young single girl, of course, my renos were going to be completed by my jack-of-all-trades dad. Yay, dad! And myself as a helper. This particular home was probably built in the early 60s. It had good bones. We decided to rip out the kitchen. As dad was struggling to remove the old cupboards, realizing they were attached the quote-unquote old way, boards on the wall you build out with four-inch spikes... <laughs> A lot. It was about 30 degrees in August, no air conditioning, using a crowbar. It slipped out of his hand and snapped back, hit him in the forehead. Mm. He blacked out, hit the floor, immediate three-inch goose egg the size of my hand on his forehead. No cell phones in those days running along the street, banging on people's doors to call 911. Finally found someone who was home for an ambulance to come. Turned out he had a concussion. He was alive, but I really did think I had killed him. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, that's a tough one, Lorna. But um, Susie is our winner. And Susie says, years ago, my dad walked out the back door of our house and finally got tired. Finally got tired of looking at the crumbling back step. It was pulling away from the house and crumbling. He vowed this was the year he was going to replace it, much like this was the year the deck finally got stained at McNabby Town. (laughs) So Susie says he got a jackhammer, and he broke it all up, and then he added a bunch of gravel to level everything. He even rented a compactor to make sure it was solid. So he built a form, poured the cement for the step. Unfortunately, I guess... All the years of the old step pulling away from the house and water pouring into the hole, it had created this large void underneath the step. The new step had not dried before everything gave way and fell into the hole. And he didn't know exactly how big the hole was until he looked up and noticed the water in the ground, the ground pool was beginning to ripple so the, only a moment later, there was this loud tearing sound as the liner of the pool gave way and all the water starts pouring into the sinkhole. <laughs> the only thing that saved him was that the liner gave way in the shallow end of the pool. So my mom then made him promise home renos would be left to the professionals and thank goodness for insurance. Oh, my word.
He is one of the most beloved players in Blue Bomber history. He played his last game as a Blue Bomber in 2008. And heck, he's one of the most popular people to ever live in Winnipeg. He remains the CFL's all-time touchdown leader with 147. 23 of those came in one season, 2002. In 2001, his Winnipeg Blue Bombers went 14-4. and They won 12 games in a row at one point in that season. We say good morning to Milt Stiegel. How are you, Milt? I'm doing great. How about yourself? We're doing okay. We're uh, trying to figure out how to stay warm. Are you going to be here on Sunday? No, no. I'll, I'll be in Toronto. I'll be on the, uh, on the panel in the studio in Toronto. So uh-huh. I won't be able to mm-hmm. enjoy that beautiful weather you guys will be having mm-hmm. there in Winnipeg on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> All right. We'll be thinking of you. Hey, uh, the only reason I bring up 2001, and I know whenever I talk with B- Doug Brown about it, he, he gives me the side eye, but strange things can happen on the way to a coronation, right? Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and, and you talk about that year, and you don't want to, you know, equate to what the bombers are going through now because you don't want to put that on them. But, I mean, we, we, we dominated everything. We were playing against a team. In the Grey Cup, who we were expected to pretty much, you know, not dominate, but we wouldn't have any problem beating. And a thing, something happened there and something happened there. And during the course of the game, you look up and the clock has expired and you've lost the game. And that's what happens in football. You know, it, it can happen like that. You don't play numerous games uh, to win a championship. It's one game. It's 60 minutes. And a few minutes could change the outcome of the game. And that's definitely what happened to us. But – you know, I still I have good memories about football. Uh, I have no bad memories because I did get to play football for professional football for 17 years. So all my memories are great. I don't. Doug is a grumpy old guy now. I think he's 50 now. Whatever. I don't know. But Doug has always been grumpy. So no, I, I have some great memories about my football career. This is a huge game for the Blue Bombers, looking to go back to the Grey Cup. Safe to say. All the pressure is on them. 11 wins, three losses. They've been the class of the CFL. How do they make sure that the Rough Riders do not pull the upset? Just continue doing what they've been doing. You know, this is not another game, but they should approach it like this is another game. We just have to continue doing what we're doing, and they won't have any problem winning. It shouldn't be close if they continue doing what they're doing. So easier said than done because you have a lot of people who get into the playoffs and they start – trying to change a uh, routine or change the way they you know, they go out there and play it. The Bombers don't have to do that. As long as they just continue doing what they're doing, they shouldn't have any problem beating Saskatchewan. They shouldn't have a problem beating the winner of Hamilton, Toronto. But if they try to change things schematically or uh, the, the way they play the individual players, that's when the problems come about. Just do what you've been doing all year long and you won't have any problems. Do your own job is really what it comes down to, right, Mel? Without a doubt. And some people may say that's a selfish mindset, but it's not. You know, you have 12 individuals who are running plays, but on each individual play, you should say, okay, when we watch film, if this play doesn't work, it wasn't going to be my fault because I did my job. I have tunnel vision. Everybody has that mindset. It all comes together. And that's been the case for the most part this year for these Blue Bombers. You know, they've had that mindset. Everyone has stayed in their lane and done their job. And if they continue doing that, they should come away with the 2021 Grey Cup. So without getting uh, beyond this weekend, we've been looking at the forecast and the temperatures looks like it's going to fall throughout the day, wind in the forecast and some snow. So let's pretend that conditions get a little bit nasty. I made a bold prediction or suggestion uh, about three hours ago that the worse the weather is, the better it is for the Blue Bombers. And this is and this is why I think so. I think they've got four individuals that can run the ball if Andrew Harris dresses on Sunday. They've got Harris. They've got Johnny Augustine. They've got Brady Oliveira. They've got Nick Densky, all of whom are outstanding at running the ball. Saskatchewan has uh, William Powell, who had more rushing yards than uh, that than uh, pardon me Andrew Harris did, but he did what he did in thirteen games. He had a hundred and ten yards more rushing than Andrew Harris had in eight games. And Fajardo is a good runner, but that's typically set up by him dro- dropping back to pass. Mm-hmm. So if it turns mm-hmm. into a running game, I know I've got a long way around here, Milt. If it turns into running game versus running game, defensive line against offensive line. The Blue Bombers can't 
can't be beat, can they? Well, and, and it's more not taking these things. I mean, Andrew Harris is, a, you know, the greatest Canadian running back ever and a first ballot Hall of Famer, and they got the young guys, Augustine and Oliveira. But it's more about that offensive line. I mean, you could get back there sometimes and, and get some rushing yards, and we know you can't run late. So, uh, <laughs> Yes, we, we all know that. Great... That's fine. It's all good, Milt. <laughs> you're you're but... speaking facts right now. Yeah, but, it, it, but it's just that offensive line that creates all that. I mean, they have some good running backs, but that offensive line are, are, are the catalyst, are the, are the reason why they're able to, to line up and have a second and seven and be able to run the ball and get 10 yards. And even though the defense may know you're going to run the ball, uh, they can do that. So if that weather dictates that they can't throw the ball downfield, that they have to be able to run the ball, as you just mentioned, they have some, some great runners, uh, including Dembski and those three running backs, but the main ingredient is the fact that they have the best offensive line and uh, the best two tackles, in my opinion, in the game right now. So that, that creates uh, why they're able to run the ball. Milt, when you're playing in weather like this, like it's not going to be super cold. Minus five is the forecast high, but we that could see. Cold. No, that's <laughs> cold. That's super cold. Right now in Atlanta, it's like 17, 18 degrees Celsius. So, uh, you know what? And, and I didn't mean to interrupt you, but when I hear players, and I know Big Hill and those guys are trying to act tough, this is not cold. It's cold. It's cold. Dembski, that's cold. I don't care if you grew up there. When it's minus six, minus seven Celsius, that's cold. It's cold to everyone. I don't care how tough you are, how thick your skin are. That is cold. And those guys would rather play in warmer weather, but I like the fact that they're mentally trying to psych themselves out. But don't be fooled. I played there for 14 years. I hated every bit of it. I hated (laughs) practicing in it. But I would come into the stands and I would see those fans sitting up there. They're not even moving. They're paid their hard-earned money. So I would say there's no way – I can go out here and be a little punk and go out here and say this is not this is cold weather. I can't do my job. That was the main reason why I did it. But to sit up here and say that's not cold, that's a lie. It's cold, and we all hated it. Just wanted to get that out. <laughs> Finish your question now, Brett. <laughs> well, you sort of answered the question. Uh, the question was going to be when you are dealing with weather like that, how do you – I'll go a different way. How does it affect – the way that you play, or does it have an effect on your ability to play to the best of your ability? So, you know what, what? What makes it easier is you're practicing in it. Because it's tougher to practice in that weather than it is to play. Because when you get in the game, you know, you, you have the best drug there is, and that's adrenaline. You, have, you get that adrenaline from, especially when you're playing at home, you get that adrenaline from the fans when you run out there and you hear the roar and when you make a play, I mean, you make a 10-yard catch or you just make a regular tackle and the fans are screaming. That's adrenaline. Practice is the hardest situation. And you guys just mentioned, we're talking about, you know, minus six, minus – that's, relatively speaking, that's not bad, bad. So you can get through that. So you can't allow it to affect you mentally. Because when it affects you mentally, when you see guys and they're standing by that heater for five, ten minutes straight, you know you got them. If guys can come to the sideline and they can just take a quick – you know, step over to the heat and step away and get back into the game, that's when you're mentally in it. But if you're mentally affected, physically, that's when it's going to impact me. Ah, dang. You know, we're running out of time here, and I want to ask you about Bob Irving, but 1983, Cincinnati Bengals, San Diego Chargers in the AFC Championship Ooh. game, minus 59 in your hometown of Cincinnati. That was cold. That was cold. That was cold. And I, I think... I can't remember, but I had an opportunity to go to that game or not, but I don't think my parents were going to let me go. You know, I was 13 years old. Like you say, the weather was crazy. I, uh, who was it? Ken Anderson was the quarterback. I mean, yep. that was one of the greatest days in Cincinnati Bengal football history. I mean, Chuck, they haven't had too many great days since then. But I definitely remember that day, one of the coldest days in Cincinnati and maybe in NFL history playing the football game. All right, just give us some uh, reflection, uh, maybe one story or, or just how you feel about Bob Irving. He's hanging up the microphone after the game on Sunday. It'll be his last play-by-play. What are your thoughts on that, Milt? One of the, and I know he never stepped on the field, but one of the greatest bombers ever. I mean, you, you can say that. Forever. The impact he had on, on Winnipeg and, and, and the radio and how well he treated individuals. Uh, throughout Winnipeg and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And every day he came in the locker room, even when things weren't going well, Bob was always that uplifting 
uh, individual. He knew how to ask the bad questions in a positive way where you felt good about answering the question. That's the thing about Bob. So it's unfortunate that we're losing him. He won't be around doing the radio anymore, but we have to be uh, grateful that he did it for 50 years. And I'm grateful that entire, my entire career, 14 years there, I had an opportunity uh, not to only work with him or, you know, do some interviews with him, but actually get to know him. And that's a very special feeling I have and one I'll remember forever. Milt Stiegel joining us live on 680 CJOB ahead of Sunday's Western final. Milt, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. You guys stay warm. <laughs> Nine forty-eight on CJOB. Did you say minus fifty-nine Fahrenheit? That was the temperature with the wind chill. Minus fifty-nine, coldest NFL game ever. It, absolutely <laughs> unreal. And of course, the Chargers had Dan Fouts. Uh, their offense was nicknamed Air Coriel after their head coach. They had all these offensive weapons. And of course, they go in, you know, the frozen shores of the Ohio River and they just couldn't do anything. And the Bengals end up going to the Super Bowl. They lost to Joe Montana and the 49ers, but that that game oh, is wow. in like insane. Look it up if, if, if you haven't already done so. That's uh, minus 50 Celsius, by the way. So that's awful. <laughs> yeah, when the Fahrenheit's colder than the Celsius, yeah, yeah, you've you've passed the Rubicon. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening to the Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think. And hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global. And on Instagram, at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.